I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. The thing about hip-hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. But ow. How you doing, everybody? It's your man Manny Faces. Welcome to another live episode of Hip Hop Can Save America. I want to welcome you to the whole live stream version of this podcast. Uh, I'm watching you live. I'm watching you talk in the comments section. Please tell me if I sound good, if I look good. I, I brought my hair out for this one. If I smell good, taste good, feel good. Let me know in the com- in the comments of section of wherever you're watching. You might be watching live on Facebook. You might be watching live on YouTube. And you might be watching this on demand on either one of those uh, outlets. Or you might be listening to it on the podcast feed. If you're podcast listeners, you've gotten used to this by now. I've done this for a few days. Now you see what I'm doing every Monday through Thursday for the month of September 2020. We're coming live. We're bringing the Hip Hop Can Save America podcast live. Uh, So you were previously a podcast listener. You know what it's all about. You know that we interview people that are using hip hop in innovative ways in areas outside of merely entertainment. The incorporation of hip hop and education, science and technology, politics and activism and social justice, which is going to be a big topic today. The fine arts, uh, did I say health and wellness, spirituality, all of these aspects of of life. And I'm working on things like plumbing uh, can be uh, intersected with hip hop in ways that actually improve humanity and uplift society. This isn't theoretical. This is proven. And the people I talk to have the receipts. So if you go back and binge, you'll find out more about this. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in, subscribe to Hip Hop Can Save America. And you can binge, go back uh, back into the archives and find out all the uh, luminaries uh, that we've talked to in the past. Uh, yesterday's live episode was a great one. All of them have been great. Shouts to Silent Night, Dialect, Adam Seven, uh, Dr. Marty Kaysen. Uh, and Ernie Panacoli, the legendary hip hop photographer, yesterday's guest. Uh, so there is incentive to go back if you're just getting up on us today. Shouts to Silent Night in the mix. Uh, he's actually on the check in and also was our inaugural guest. He will come up today, I suspect. That is because today is a special day. Uh, and I really appreciate your attention today. This one's important. It's not, not it's important to me. 
but it's important because it really uh, exemplifies exactly what I'm trying to do and what I'm working on and I'm bringing to you every day. The intersection of hip hop can amplify and improve everything. And one of the areas that really needs improvement and really needs all of our collective energy is social justice these days, all days, even maybe more now than ever, or at least in my lifetime uh, and many of yours as well. So I, I bring this up and I say that I have something special that I work on that y'all might know about and people who see this or hear this might not know about that I needed to share. And I'm so glad that the fellas that I'm about to bring on were able to uh, uh, work, uh, work with me, first of all, and come on the show and talk about it. If I told you that there was a podcast, you listen to podcasts, you're listening to one now, you're watching one, a podcast that's a journalism podcast, so a news podcast that covers social justice issues, sometimes in depth and way ahead of a lot of mainstream outlets, really on top of the, the issues that are affecting marginalized and underserved and underfunded communities across the country, really ahead of the game sometimes. Interviews all the experts, the analysts, the educators, the journalists, the activists, the people on the ground doing the work, the grassroots, the people who are being affected directly by these issues. We know poverty, mass incarceration, uh, the wealth disparity, uh, education disparity. And if I told you that 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 podcast was award-winning, beat out the New York Times, beat out the Wall Street Journal, beat out Bloomberg, beat out like big name organizations that also have podcasts. The New York Press Club said best journalism podcast 2018. Society of Professional Journalists said best journalism podcast 2019 and 2020. Currently, right now, reigning champion. The champ is here. The champ is here. And that that podcast got a whole bunch of hip hop and rap in it. It's a news podcast, but it's got rappers in it. Best journalism podcast out there, according to these people that that know these things. Well, it's true. It's the Newsbeat podcast, of which I'm a big part. And it was only right that we came on to talk about this phenomenon that is the Newsbeat podcast. And with that. I am Brother Cornell West. This is Chris Hedges. I'm Rosa Clemente. Hey, what's up? This is Chuck D, Public Enemy Prophet of Rage. And this is Newsbeat. I want to welcome uh, two of the three others that are behind this podcast movement. My friends, Rashed Mian, Christopher Tawarski, managing editor and editor-in-chief of the Newsbeat podcast, uh, respectively. Gentlemen, start your engines. How's it going? Good to see you. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, I'm really happy to have you guys here. Thank you so much. Obviously, we work together all the time, uh, and I wanted to bring some attention to the Newsbeat podcast sort of in this official format that we're doing. Uh, so thanks for coming on and talking about it, yeah. Well, look, I'm wearing, here. look I'm wearing a shirt. Look, I'm wearing a shirt. You hardly ever talk to me. That's funny. Uh, the Newsbeat podcast, as I explain to people, is literally, uh, if you've heard it, you know. But if you haven't heard it, that might be foreign to you. How can there be news and hip hop and rappers and music all inside a podcast? What is it like? Hamilton? Do you guys rap the news? You know, uh, we talk about mass incarceration, noflation. But no, it's not that. It's not Lin-Manuel Miranda's news podcast. Are you recording? We need we need that on a recording for, <laughs> for, a, for, a, for a track. We need that mixed in there somehow. That's kind of. The Newsbeat podcast, for those that don't know, is a blend of interviews 
conducted by yourselves uh, for the most part, where you're interviewing, again, experts, activists, people doing the work in these social justice issues. Uh, you're interviewing them about their work. We're weaving those interviews, thanks to a script that's uh, assembled by you guys, the best pieces and a sort of flowing narrative of all of the uh, interviews about that su- that episode subject. And I-, I weave in music so that it's sort of like a score, right? Like a, a musical score, like in a movie. We we have that going. There's mo- it sets a mood. It's just crescendos. It's really kind of cool. And then under most circumstances, we'll talk about this. Uh, we actually invite independent hip hop artists to craft original lyrical uh, contributions to each episode about each episode. And we usually have them three 16 bar verses uh, sprinkled interspersed throughout the episode. That 30 to 40 minute episode is a newsbeat episode. And uh, you got to hear it to understand it. But it's freaking awesome. So, of course, I invite everyone to go after this. But right now, let's talk about the importance of this, how it came to be, uh, how we began this uh, this journey to award-winning stardom. <laughs> and that really starts with uh, with you guys, uh, in as much as it does with me. Uh, we are journalists. You are journalists. You are award-winning multiple dozens of awards for your journalism over the years. Uh, Chris, you were the editor-in-chief of the Long Island Press. Uh, some year uh, for for many years back when it was a uh, an alternative weekly in print and then online uh, that covered uh, a lot of the news that wasn't being covered by the mainstream, sort of that uh, rugged underground. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this kind of uh, investigative journalism uh, that we were doing for Long Island, New York. But then that sort of started branching out into other areas. We said you jumped on in the mix as well during those times. And the two of you started covering things that were outside of Long Island's purview. It was more of a national civil liberties kind of thing. Can you guys explain a little bit about your background as journalists and how you outgrew the Long Island press? Well, since Chris is the mentor here, I'm going to let him get started. Uh, I mean, what a blessing, right? Uh, as you said, alternative uh, news weeklies. It was us against them, you know. Uh, we considered ourselves the voice of the voiceless. We went after Democrats. We went after Republicans. It didn't matter. Right. Uh, we were after, cops thrown in the mix. We were after the truth. You know, um, we exposed a lot of a lot of bad, bad stuff from environmental crimes to uh, political malfeasance to corporate corruption. The list goes on and on. And it was, you know, a total blast. And so that's where we sort of cut our teeth. And as you mentioned, Rashad came in as an intern. Uh, I had started as an editorial assistant way back when and um, started covering really, you know, discrimination against Muslims hmm. and Muslim Americans started covering, you know, perpetual war, uh, the war on whistleblowers waged by our government really against the truth, which should be celebrated, you know, in the public good. Right. We covered Chelsea Manning's court martial at uh, Fort Meade, NSA headquarters. Right. One of only, I just want to interject, one of only few journalists that were covering that monumentally important story. That's right. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it's testament to uh, our publisher's uh, commitment to the truth. You know, Jed Morey, who's... Uh, Big Executive producer of Newsbeat. Absolutely. And 
that's the kind of journalism that we did. And, you know, what I like to say is we translate that sort of ethos, that spirit, and continue it with Newsbeat, you know, now yeah. in a sonic form. Yeah. You know, we take that journalism, we meld it with what I think is, you know, all, all of our other passion, which is music, and we get to shine a light, you know, on these yeah. issues, on these people, through the written word, yep. through interviews. Yep. And through music. Yes, uh, indeed. Rashad? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned, Manny, how we sort of outgrew Long Island. I think the turning point for us, and I think Chris, and I think even uh, Jed, who Chris mentioned, our executive producer, I think they might, you know, agree with this. I think that turning point was probably the Occupy Wall Street movement. Hmm. You know, uh, during that, it was like 2011, 2012. And, you know, Jed just one day went out of the office and he, he went to the city and started covering the protests uh, <laughs> before a lot of the mainstream outlets went there. You know, he, he realized that it was going to be a significant movement. And it was. And it's it's, you know, it's sort of crazy when you think about a lot of the issues that they were talking about then that people were criticizing them for. You know, they were just, uh, you know, complaining that they were taking out spot in the city and they were, you know, <laughs> and, they just became a nuisance, but a lot of things that they were talking about, especially income inequality um, is still going on today. And I think, you know, um, from that moment on the other, you know, issues that Chris mentioned, the uh, um, civil liberties, uh, you know, perpetual war in this country right. and the social justice um, topics that we cover a lot on Newsbeat, um, it, everything is just, you know, it started then and, you know, it, it hasn't let up and that just speaks to the sort of crisis that has been unfolding in America for a long time right. that's been plaguing this country and nobody, you know, I guess felt comfortable just digging in and, and, and exposing what's really going on and how the little people are the ones being hurt. Um, even as we see, you know, corporations and billionaires making money, um, hand over fist during yeah. the coronavirus pandemic. So, um, it's all, you know, something that's just continued on for the last 10 years. Well, we are the 99%. And we have to, you know, uh, but that that is interesting that a lot of the progressive thought, a lot of the Bernie Sanders movement, a lot of the things that we're talking about today as being, you know, rights and necessity and fueling, I think, the, the social justice movement, not just the racial justice issues, which are, you know, certainly uh, the I think the priority, uh, but underlying that is the the poverty, the 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 one percent, the wealth this gap, even between you know, non-minority groups. It's just, it's just, it all came to light. Occupy Wall Street kind of really started bringing that to people's attention and being in this age of information. We were out there. We covered it. We were out there in the middle of the, the Occupy Wall Street. And I think we caught that, that, that bug too, to be honest. I know I did. I know I did. I'd always been obviously uh, active in, in issues, but when we were out there in Occupy and we saw like what it meant to kind of really push back against things. Something changed for us. He said, we got to tell these stories too. And we could do it in a, in a way that MSNBC might not be. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people obviously caught on to that movement and others, you know, later on, Black Lives mm -hmm. Matter. Um, but it's also the way in which these um, protests and demonstrations and then just larger political movements are covered by the mainstream, right? The, they'll show sort of the, the titillating coverage, buildings on fire, People, you know, uh, confrontational moments with the police and things like that. But yeah. what, you, what you really want to do is just get into the nitty gritty and talk to people. Right? right. And I think that's what we were, you know, we were good at. And I think that's um, something that continues on to today with Newsbeat is we just want to get to the issues. Right. Because people are covering some of the same things that we are doing, uh, maybe to not not to the extent. And we are um, getting to stories 
quicker than the mainstream media. Right. You know, a lot of times. And, but it's, it's really just talking about the issues. And I think that's, what's critical about what we're doing at Newsbeat. We're, we're, we're getting down to the, to the issues that are really affecting people, especially mass incarceration and right. also sort of the, what lays underneath it, why um, people are suffering so much. We want to get to the root causes. Let's let people know. Uh, you mentioned some of them. Uh, Chris, uh, you, you can jump in on this. Uh, I'm going to show uh, the, the viewers uh, our episodes page so they see uh, some of the issues that we've been covering since we started this in 2017, picking it up in earnest uh, later that year in 2018, 2019, and continuing even under COVID circumstances, even under the restrictions that the pandemic has placed upon us. We don't have as many artists contributing. We'll talk about that. But just to show people kind of what we're talking about here, I'm just going through from the beginning, MLK. Explain the inaugural episode, the MLK, the pilot, uh, why we felt that doing the news or doing the uh, disseminating information the way we can was important when looking at someone as well-documented, as well-known, as written about as Martin Luther King. What could we bring to the Martin Luther King and then subsequently the Rosa Parks story? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned Jed earlier and it, you know, it all starts with him. I mean, he had this vision for an audio amplification, you know, of social justice issues. And it was uh, MLK's anniversary coming up. And as you know, I mean, you were a critical part of that. And he had, you know, just this vision of telling a different side of that story yeah. through music and shining a light on campaigns, the Poor People's Campaign in particular, right. that most people don't know about, you know, and that's what he wanted his legacy to be, not the I have a dream speech. Right. So right. it's, you know, showing, showing these uh, lesser known sides of these stories, correcting the narrative Right. Uh, was very important to him. Right. And it makes a lot of sense once you listen to the episode. Uh, you don't hear about Martin Luther King's uh, poor people's campaign movement as much as you hear about the, as we say, the whitewashed or the whittled down to, you know, the the epitaph of I have a dream. Um, I have a dream speech is great. And it's, you know, it's certainly a pivotal point in history that should be, you know, lauded and studied and appreciated. But it was not the end all be all by a long shot when it came to what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s overall legacy uh, should be about. Uh, we had on that episode, we had, um, what was the reference? Roger, Roger C. Williams from the Glen Cove uh, uh, Baptist Church. Uh, also, we had Larry Hamm on there, who was a longtime activist and leader of the uh, People's Organization for Progress, based out here in Newark, New Jersey, uh, really explaining why it is that we need, we're doing a disservice to Dr. King if we don't advance these ideas of the rest of his legacy. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, something that I would like to add is just, you know, we teach, you know, in school every year, which we point out in the episode, you know, obviously kids are learning about the I have a dream speech when King himself admitted that his turn, his, his dream had turned into a nightmare. Right. right? That's something that we also put in this episode because, you know, we, we can't just um, whitewash the life and, legacy of, of MLK. Um, we need to talk about him, you know, as a real human and as someone who was more radical than the mean, the mainstream media would like us to know, you know? Right. So I, you know, I think it was just the little things like that 
shine a light on on who he was and it helps. So I mean, we've seen so many educators reach out to us yeah. and say, you know, we play this episode for our students because we want them to learn about, you know, the um, the life and history of MLK and not just what's in the textbooks or not just what, you know, um, society wants us to believe. So, yeah. you know, I think, uh, of all the things, I think that's what makes us proud. You know, I, I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but just the fact that people are using these episodes like MLK inside the classroom, I just th- I think speaks volumes uh, about what we're doing and, you know, and, and how what like what Chris said, we're just trying to get to the truth. Right. Yeah. Um, and the truth is important, especially when we're talking about a figure like MLK. And, yes. and, and, and on that note, you know, you know, a lot of the topics we cover, a lot of the events, a lot of the people, um, a lot of the atrocities. Unfortunately, you know, a, an American student is just not going to read in a history book. As Richard mentioned, part of that, that sort of series we have, you know, what you didn't learn in school. Right. And, and, and ironically, the schools, some progressive teachers are saying, we want to learn. We want to teach this in school. And they're reaching out to us to be able to use our material, which is just astounding. Uh, just incredibly. It's, it's listed in some curriculum. We have a couple of teacher testimonials, matter of fact, in, in a couple of our episodes. So that, again, ties into the nature of which uh, how we present the material. It is interviews. We go into much more in-depth interviews. That, that was a pilot. So it was just kind of a couple of voices. We've had Dr. Cornell West. On our show, we've had Rosa Clemente, former Green Party vice presidential candidate, Rosa Clemente and hip hop head uh, for sure. Uh, Rosa Clemente on the show. We've had Chris Hedges on the show. We've had Barrett Brown on the show. These are luminaries in these fields that they that they that they're uh, covering and issues that they're uh, involved in. These aren't just online pontificators randos from you know from a basement somewhere we get to the heart of the issue with a lot of the the actual voices that are that are leading these efforts yes and and i i would like just to to mention as well i mean you know besides the academics the authors the caseworkers the staff attorneys shining a light and giving them a voice you know the people in the field trying to make a difference yep. you know we've had on the musical side I just re-listened to a couple episodes too. And as you guys, I mean, just so powerful, Silent Night, Liquid, obviously shout outs. Yes. In two episodes, particularly, they personify people stuck in this horrific death trap. Silent Silent Night. Night, We talked about, we we had them on the first uh, episode of this, of the live stream uh, series that we're doing here. And we talked about his contribution to Exonerated and Broke, uh, where he took on the persona of someone who has been in jail for decades, falsely arrested, falsely accused, uh, gets out of jail, gets no compensation. But he he talks about how it feels to be that person. Now, we had Alan Newton on the show who was an actual exoneree. So we have, like you say, the people that are going through it, being affected by these issues. And then the artists take that to just a visceral, compelling level that's beyond, I, you know, it's Christy Brent. I have an idea. Why don't we let the people know what we're talking about by letting them hear something? Ah, exonerated and broke. It's an episode that we had uh, which I just, which uh, Chris, I think you were alluding to, and we great. And uh, shouts to Silent Night. Shouts, as you mentioned, the Liquid. Those are our two artists in residence. Let's let the people know what the hell we're talking about when it comes to the the blending of of music and and social justice issues. Explain the very briefly. Exonerated, broke. Alan Newton, his story. 
and then we're going to play a clip of what this, this podcast sounds like. Uh, Rashad, you could weigh in, but uh, uh, Alan Newton, uh, wrongfully convicted of uh, horrific crimes, spent 21 years, I think, in prison, only to be uh, exonerated through DNA evidence uh, with the Innocence Project, who Rebecca Brown was also, the executive director was also on that episode, only to find that, Rashad, fill in the blanks. Alan Newton, like many other people who are incarcerated, who wrongly incarcerated, find themselves uh, you know, they, they leave prison and they're just left to their own devices. And some states have laws that will um, give you you know restitution for serving that time wrongly. Others don't. And others just make it incredibly hard uh, to get that to get financial you know assistance. We're talking about hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of dollars. Right. Um, for people who spent, uh, you know, potentially decades in prison uh, for something they didn't do. And Newton was one of these people. This is an episode of a newsbeat called Exonerated and Broke, one of our early episodes. Uh, you will hear from Alan Newton. You will hear from our artist in residence, Silent Night. It's just a snippet, y'all. But just to give you an idea what the hell we're talking about. Exonerated and Broke, Newsbeat Podcast. Uh, I had a photograph in the books from, you know, 1979, the year I graduated high school. I got arrested for a fight that happened outside the PAL. You know, I was gambling, you know, with a lot of other friends and, you know, money dispute. So when the victim was going through some photographs, you know, I got picked out and I was arrested June 28th. You know, we actually had tickets. We actually had the ticket stubs. So we had, you know, the evidence, you know, where we, you know, where we was in a different borough in Queens County. And but, you know, they was hell bent on making an arrest, you know, regardless of the circumstances. And, you know, at that time, it wasn't no DNA how it is today. So you couldn't just prove your case, you know, on, you know, on that facts. And so they wanted to go with, with what they had. I was found guilty of rape robbery and assault in the building even when i was trying to prove my innocence for all those years i mean in regards to you know the alibi and you know it was wrong it wasn't too you know the advent of dna testimony came out that it was like look if i can find this dna i can absolutely prove that i didn't commit this crime because it's dna DNA doesn't lie. Lying down with my wife and child, tired, been a long night, but now I'm chilling, happy, full. I mean, we built a nice little life, I'm proud. Bell ringing, it's late though. Door knocking, it's straight though. Y'all stay here, I'ma get it. Probably somebody got locked up the place, you know. Fast forward this whirlwind, now I'm hurled into a cell. Got my girl flipping as well. My whole world slipping, no bell. Feel like I'm sitting right on the rail. How the hell they really gonna think I got it in me? I ain't never heard a damn soul, God forgive me. Plus I got four witnesses on me, really? Cause I'm a prior, cause of my skin. I told you I'm tired, you ask me again. You tell me again, repeat it, repeat it. If I wanna see my family, I just eat it. Guess I just pleaded, cause so far this pleading and making a difference. I feel so defeated. How is this legal? How is this real? Yo, everything feels so walls closing in. I know my family and friends know the deal. None of that matters if we being real. I hope my family and friends know the deal. If we gotta fight this, if we gonna appeal. I'm tired, confused, yeah, I sign a conf- but I ain't never fire a weapon And I ain't never touched no girl That's a lie, I would die first Not even a question DNA is really considered in the forensic community To be the gold standard of So that's uh, an example of the Newsweek podcast, y'all So shouts to, once again to Silent Night Shouts to Alan Newton Alan Newton's story was incredibly compelling We spoke to him in his apartment You hear birds, his birds chirping in the background It was We were right there He gave us his heart and soul in that interview 
And then to hear Silent Night say, okay, I'm going to take a few elements of what he talked about. I'm not going to retell his story because that's easier for an artist, I think, to just say, all right, I'm going to do exactly what he just said. I'm going to just put it in a rhyme form. It's not easy, but it's easier. Uh, but what he did was he, uh, Silent Night is great because he does his own research. He hears about he, you know, other people going through the same problem. It kind of, you know, molds that into his artistic impression interpretation of the issue and delivers it with just incredible talent. So I think you mentioned it, Manny. It's also the, you know, that, that what he did on that episode was so powerful that he now does work for the innocence project along with, you know, a lot of other um, celebrities and just high profile people who are trying to raise awareness about people who are wrongfully convicted. And you yeah. know, it's, it's just, it's important work that's being done, especially for Sal and I to do that. So um, it was, you know, it's incredible what he's able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Again, being invited by the Innocence Project to work with the Innocence Project, uh, attended as he talked about in his in his uh, interview. Uh, you know, he's 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 met the exonerated five. He's gone to events, um, and he's their artist. He's an artist ambassador, all because of what we did at Newsbeat. That's something that now look, I'm not the type to brag. Uh, I'm really? actually wait, yeah, really? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm very. I I think somebody took over the hosting duties for. I'm not, I'm not the type to, you know, put myself out there. Uh, <laughs> he's very but, humble. He's very humble. Yeah, Eastern time. He's an introvert. But I'm, but I'm super proud of what we do. And I'm bringing us on the show to talk about the thing that we do. That's very self-centered. But this is the point. This is the important part of it. What we do isn't just talking about an issue. We could be a round table. We had backbeat episodes where we kind of talk about, we banter about the issue. And there's plenty of shows that do that. No disrespect. Uh, we could just put out articles and write. You guys are fantastic writers. Do note that every episode of Newsbeat has a complete article to go with it that goes way into more detail about the issues that we just covered. We do that on purpose. And then we ask people at the end or we give people at the end of the episode and in the article information. We tell them these are the people that we work with on this episode. This is Rebecca from the Innocence Project. This is, you know, whoever's in the episode and whatever organization they're with, we give you their information again. We remind you at the end. We say, listen, if this touched you, Exonerated and Broke made me cry when I was making it, when I was putting it together. There's clips in there of other people that have gone through these kind of news clips of people that got exonerated after decades in jail, didn't get a dime. And then died before they could, you know what I mean, get any compensation. You got to sue the city or sue the state. And, you know, you got to find a lawyer that's going to take up your cause. You're just coming out of jail. That's already hard enough. You're coming out of jail after 30 years. That's hard enough. Yeah. I got people that are locked up. They come out of jail. It's a whole different world. Alan Newton talked about what's a Metro card, bro? Where are the tokens at? Like, you know what I mean? How to navigate the world, how to get a job, how to come back to society and then not have any compensation for being wrongly accused all those years. So we told people this, if this bothers you, then go the, the innocence project. Do you know about the innocence project? And we send people there. Of course, the innocence files now on Netflix, spreading this message far and wide. Uh, so we're always happy to make these connections. If it's just letting people know what they can do to take action, to affect change. We always talk about it. I think that's by far the most fulfilling part of doing this you would agree yeah i think you're right i think you know at the end of the day we want to report the facts as we know them but also just as you're saying just give people resources you know so you know they can do something with that i you know that could mean just going to vote 
Yep. That can mean, you know, supporting a, a local organization that does similar work than the, a group that we featured on the podcast. Right. Um, it could, you know, mean as a teacher, just spreading the news that way. Right. Yep. Um, it's all about giving people the resources. And, you know, again, I just want to highlight the work of our artists because this is something that I, I've shared with you guys before um, that, you know, I, the one reason we, we don't, we step away, we write it, we come up with the script of the, of the podcast and we give it to Sinai, we give it to Liquid, we give it to the other artists and we let them do what, you know, let their creativity just burn. And because we see what they're doing as a sort of form of journalism as well, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm know, talking about, uh, we were talking about this with Ernie Panicoli yesterday, uh, how the artists of our generation, they are the griots, they are the messengers. Yeah. They're, they're as capable, you know, in some way, in some cases, more capable than other journalists or people who call themselves journalists. Right. They see the world too. They participate in the world and they have this incredible talent at translating that into a compelling poetical or, you know, music oriented or, uh, you know, just linguistic way of, of catching people's attention. They're, they're just yeah. as qualified as we are. Just the ability, you know, I'm still amazed, just the ability to condense, you know, what, what's basically, you know, I don't want to get into the, the nuts and bolts, but like a 2,500 word script. Uh, a short three short verses into 16 into yeah. 16 bars yeah it's, it's incredible that uh, what they're able to do and what they're able to produce and i you know i think and i think that comes across i hope it does you know to listeners and, yeah. and the music and the craftsmanship that the artists bring you know in terms of storytelling uh you could write as Rashad said, you know, 25, I mean, we've written 7,000 word stories um, <laughs> trying to incite a reaction, trying to inspire, you know, which is what another uh, part of our mission. Right. But music, it melts into your blood, you know, it digs into your bones, you know, yeah. it hits your, it hits your soul, you know, yeah. and to motivate and inform and get you off the couch. Uh, Hip hop's always had, obviously... I think for me, I'm, I'm a little biased. The best musical genre, artistic form, linguistic form to, to do this spoken word. You know, I mean, that, that kind of because it's poetic. So obviously there's something magical about poetry and, and, and the way and the way things rhyme and why that affects us as humans. There's something always magical about that. that's why songs and music and poems are always so uh, forceful to us, you know, instead of just hearing a lecture, <laughs> you're going to remember, you might remember, uh, Hey, we went to bus boys and poets in DC, man. And I saw some things that night that I, uh, you know, haven't forgotten to this day. You see things, they, 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 uh, remain with you. Um, hip hop's always been able to do this great because of the blending of, of words and music. And I think this is exemplifies that I often talk as you guys know, and some of the people, uh, paying attention know that I always get mad. Mad is probably the right word. I always get frustrated. I always get discouraged when you hear people lament the inability of hip hop to be protest music anymore of, of being substantive of carrying a message of motivating and uplifting people and doing all the things that for a time hip hop was very well known for the public enemies the KRS ones the brand new beings the poor righteous teachers you know when they were on the radio and hip hop was in that kind of golden era as it's called you had these messengers speaking these things and they were reaching the masses. Uh, UMTV raps, radio stations across the country, mixtapes throughout the world. And while that has moved away from the corporate controlled ways of dis disseminating music, it is by no means 
you know, a dead or dying thing. Uh, there's underground artists or independent artists that have wild followings throughout the world. There are artists, activists that are putting in the work. We've talked, we've had them on our show. Rebel Diaz is a great example. I love to pull up. We had them on the Newsbeat podcast. They contributed to two episodes. Uh, these brothers have started community centers. They're activists. They're sons of revolutionaries. They're out there doing the work and putting it in their music, but also in the streets organizing. I mean, there are, there's only one Rebel Diaz, but there's a lot of Rebel Diaz's in the world. And, and, and using the power of music, hip hop, specifically to inform and engage and incite people happens all the time every day. And, and Newsbeat is just a really polished way of putting it all together and letting people know that that this happens. Yeah. Again, we're, I think we're biased. I think Newsbeat, you know, speaks to a couple of things for me. I think it speaks to the importance of independent media and independent hip hop. And you love that independent media. And I love that independent hip hop. So it's a, right. it's a beautiful, yeah. Perfect marriage. But perfect also marriage. because, you know, I, I think in independent media, you're able to sort of, you're not supposed to be biased, but you're able to empathize, right? We're able to empathize with people on the issues that they're suffering from. I, I think the same thing with, you know, when you, we keep mentioning the, the, the verse that you just played from Silent Night, but also the verse from, from Liquid in the Me Too Behind Bars um, episode. Look, um, you know, people, they might not have had these experiences. Right. They're able just to empathize and connect in that way and to deliver a searing performance the, the way they both did. It, it just speaks to the power of, of the art form that you're talking about. It also speaks to the power of independent media. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think just the, those two marrying those, uh, those two elements together is, yeah. us is a no brainer. Some people right. might not understand it, but I just hope people, when you say people, you know, don't, well, where's the protest music, just take 20 minutes. That's really what the a newsbeat episode is. Take 25 minutes and just listen and you'll, and you'll, you'll hear those sounds. It may not be protests, right. you know, but they are explaining to people. There are, there are portraying, Yes. Um, what's happening in the real world? What's happening on the streets? As valuable as anything else. You mentioned it. Shouts to our other artists and residents. Uh, Liquid. Liquid is a uh, artist educator, uh, fantastic artist, just in her own right. She's a DJ. She's done a lot of uh, music over the years. Uh, South Carolina through New York City. Uh, done a lot of things. Um, I have it up on the screen now. It's called Abused and Alone Prison Rape in the Me Too Era. Now, a warning to anyone watching or listening. Triggering sexual abuse topics. But what I was just, I mean, you know, when you guys, sometimes we do it together, but when you guys come up with these ideas, uh, these concepts, we heard about Me Too all over the place, everywhere in the news, everywhere in the news. And we never heard about this. It was so eye-opening to go through this process of constructing this episode and realizing that, of course, there's a a problem of sexual abuse with women behind bars, positions of authority, the whole dynamic that everyone's, you know, hey, we're taking it down, but not for them. And you guys brought it to the forefront with this episode. We all did. You know, uh, I put it together, I think, in an incredibly compelling manner. Uh, but you guys, man, just, just, just recognizing this issue existed and needed to be delved into. And I don't know, but we often talk about how we get things ahead of the mainstream. We're on it. And then by the time we get to put it together with our little, you know, scrappy group, the mainstream media has already either right around the same time as us, sometimes after us, 
but they get all the acclaim because the New York Times, they put out a thing on redlining and climate change. And we did that already. Come on. But this one, I didn't even I have yet to hear it covered as strongly and as effectively and as compelling as as we did. And that's in no small part. It's in a very large part to Liquid who uh, contributed to this. I want to play a clip for the people. Again, a little bit of a, a triggering situation, uh, but handled tastefully and incredible. Abused and alone, prison rape in the Me Too era. Sexual abuse and sexual harassment inside U.S. prisons and jails is uh, its a nationwide human rights and public health crisis. The best federal research we have indicates that over 200,000 people per year are abused inside our government institutions. The abuse happens in every type of institution, prisons, jails, juvenile facilities, immigration facilities, places that are run by states, counties, cities. It's unconscionable that people inside our government institutions would experience this type of abuse and even torture. Once the government takes away someone's freedom, they take on the absolute responsibility to keep them safe. And really, when you think about it, inside prisons and jails is where we have the most control, right? So this is a, this is a place where sexual assault is actually preventable. Millions of women across the country and around the world sharing their experience with sexual harassment and abuse online using the hashtag MeToo. The Me Too movement, it is growing this morning. Remember, Alyssa Milano started it all, inspiring millions of women to share their personal stories of sexual harassment and assault. This has been a very powerful movement. A new ABC News Washington Post poll revealing an estimated 33 million American women have been sexually harassed and an estimated 14 million have experienced sexual abuse in work-related incidents. I think that the Me Too movement on the outside has been extremely empowering for women on the inside. I think that they've seen that survivors' voices are being heard more and that it's it maybe is okay to talk about this. Maybe it's maybe they're not alone. Maybe there are people in the world who would understand what they've gone through and I think that for many of the people that we've heard from it has raised their desire to be a part of something, to be a part of a movement of survivors who are taking back their voices, who are empowering themselves, and who are deciding sort of to not be ashamed and to say, yeah, this, this happened to me. I deserve support. I'm going to get support. And it's not okay anymore. I call for the guard. I called for the guard, he looked back. Our eye contact was confirmation. I was going where I can't come back. Even after the scars healed, my mental often relapsed. He looked away and said nothing while they circled to attack. The first punch was blatant. My first sight of blood, I almost fainted. Ingested by fear, regurgitated, I protested. This worse than being arrested. He orchestrated the attacks to flex the domination. Rather die than have my body invaded. Rob my house and bank account, but not this type of invasion. God help me. God left the room I see the devil in the corner Handing her a broom What would you do? I'm fighting for dear life Taking one of them with me And if I gotta die tonight I'll make sure she won't forget me The screams of silencing It's like the embodiment Suffocating, never dying While they breathing free oxygen Why you lie to me? I'm supposed to pay my debt to society The crime and punishment have no equality Uncle Sam's gavel to Billy Club Bill, supposed to be a badge of honor. It's a license to kill. I'm still alive, though. A part of me arguably died inside, though. But I survived, yo. Now I'm letting everybody know. 
I'ma tell it, I'ma belt it while there's breath in my lungs till every peak and valley felt it. Every woman, boy, and girl that had their innocence stolen. You're not invisible, you're invincible, and now you know it if no one noticed. It's not your fault. We gon' point these monsters out till they all get caught. Once again, the great liquid. Soul crushing. When you hear the when you hear the verse from Liquid, I, I can't believe how she pulled it off. I, I have no idea how, um, but it speaks to the you know the entire issue that we were trying to publish on this episode. We were trying to tell people that you know this is an issue. Not only is it a, a, a horrific these horrific atrocities occur in jails and prisons throughout this this country, yeah. but what uh, the the people on that episode told us was that these women are saying me too behind bars too. They want the movement to recognize them and yeah. their suffering. Right. Yeah. I think that's the important part of why we wanted to do this, do this episode is to, as we always say, shine a light. Uh, you know, we, we try to do that to the best of our ability. And um, like with most other episodes, I just hope it came across. Yeah. Um, again, major shouts to liquid and uh, uh, Kathy Morse, uh, the other voices in that episode, a survivor. Yeah. It's, it's so compelling. I'm super proud of what we do. If I wasn't us, I'd be so proud to be talking to us. You know, just again, not to pat ourselves, but I think we're doing it the right way. We're incorporating not only the voices of, you know, those who are going through the issues and those who know the issues really well, uh, our artists, diverse voices. Uh, half of our episodes are, you know, only women. <laughs> First of all, uh, our artists are going to be strictly, almost strictly, almost uh, completely um, from the communities, uh, from the demographics i look we often joke look at us we're two and a half white guys we know we can't be the voices of this thing and we don't want to be y'all don't even hear y'all voices when we're interviewing the people it's about the voices so when you hear people say we've got to raise up underrepresented voices we've got to amplify under we've been doing that since 2017 and we've been doing it to all these topics quite well. I put the link in the chat room to those listening. You can subscribe to this podcast freely. Uh, it's at Newsbeat. It's two words. I like to say two words, one love. Uh, two words, Newsbeat. Wherever you find podcasts, you see the logo up top over here. Uh, red, Black Fist, Microphone, Newsbeat. There's a couple of different podcasts that have similar names. Just want to make sure you know what's from us. Brought to you by Mori Creative Studios, of course. Once again, shouts to Jed Mori. Our grand poobah, our, our, our leader uh, on the on the hill, uh, who's just making sure that we can do this work. This isn't always the most sexy or lucrative or, um, you know, this is down and dirty journalism. This is stuff. It's not flashy, but it's flashy. You know what I mean? Like, it's not cable news. It's not talking heads news. It's, you know, it's news. It's real work here. And uh, it's it's not easy to do. And he he helps support us. Uh, in these endeavors. So we thank him and Mori Creative Studios, which is a very fabulous digital marketing agency also. So if you need digital marketing, by the way, for your company or organization, uh, shout out to Jed for that, for putting it all together. His heart and soul is in everything we do. And we appreciate him for that. Uh, so what are we doing nowadays? We're continuing to put out these episodes. We're continuing to uh, work this blending of music and art and, uh, and artists and artistry uh, to cover topics. Since pandemic, since COVID season, you guys want to touch on some of the work we did? We have a few pillar pages uh, of content uh, on our uh, website that has themed collections of some of the episodes that we've done. Uh, they include uh, our mass incarceration series. 
our guide to civil unrest, which culminates with the uh, the great award-winning episode of Why We Riot, which features Silent Night and original music, not just beats and you know and dope beats, which we you know thank our producer friends, but also the band called Fuse. We had live music, uh, you know, a, a, a real a real band, y'all. We had like a real band with instruments and everything um, create that soundtrack. So mass incarceration. Guide to Civil Unrest, which we'll circle back to at the end, and COVID-19. Uh, this was an interesting line of, of work. This showed that we not only could take on these sort of evergreen topics or wide systemic racism uh, and, and mass incarcerations and political topics, but also tackle things of the moment. Can you guys explain how we handled covering social justice issues during the time of coronavirus? I think it was just a natural fit for us. I mean, we, as we, you know, my wife will probably, you know, I say it all the time. We were covering this already, you know, <laughs> right. you know and now people are just latching on to some of these topics. But look, we were covering um, poverty. We spoke to the UN special rapporteur. He was on an episode uh, of poverty. So we covered poverty. We obviously been covering mass incarceration and the criminal justice system. And then coronavirus hits. And then it, Quickly, we just re- we figure out, and it's sort of, it's not surprising, unfortunately, as tragic as this, sound, this sounds, it's not surprising that communities of color were hit dis- disproportionately by right. the pandemic. Right. So, you know, we already had some of these sources in line, and we were able to cover this issue as it should be. You know, this is a threat to a lot of communities that are already suffering from poverty, from the scourge of mass incarceration, from all these other issues, from disenfranchisement, from being marginalized. Right. So, you know, it, you know, we were able to cover it from that point of view. The first episode we did on COVID-19 sort of spoke to that. Uh, it, we called it when epidemics collide. Right. Coronavirus, criminal justice and poverty. The, right. All these issues just coming to a head at once. It's just sort of opened the bandaid, you know, of what's really happening in this country and how people um, are really suffering throughout. And, you know, you could t- yell about your 401ks or the stock market all you want. <laughs> you know, that's not the real America. The majority of Americans don't have 401ks. Right. Or don't have a significant savings. So, uh, you know, it just showed just, you know, what's really happening in this country. Chris? Yeah, I mean, you had people complaining about not being able to get a freaking haircut. Meanwhile, let's look at COVID on prisoners. You know, the U.S. is the, is the world's largest prison state. You know, there's 2.3 million people on a daily basis incarcerated. What's going to happen in there? So that's the kind of, that's where we sh- that's where we we turn the focus. We try to think of who's not being represented, who's being affected the most, who's not going to make it to the mainstream ten o'clock news, and it's you know what you find unfortunately you know is this is this continuation of inequality and horrors. Yeah, I, I had to look it up when epidemics collide: coronavirus, criminal justice, and poverty. We released on March 24th. Let's think about that. March 24th. When you look at the timeline of all the coverage, of all the explosiveness of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, its effects on United States. When did you start hearing about how it was affecting those already underserved communities? We were early on this. We have always been ahead of the curve. Uh, and I just wanted to point that out. We followed that up in April with coronavirus behind bars, crisis in New York, and then a follow-up two days later, coronavirus behind bars, Florida jails, and effects of visitation bans. We were talking about the explosive 
potential of coronavirus in jails and prisons. Back in March, Dr. Homer Venters was a guest, uh, former head of the New York City Health Department and the jail system in New York City, Rikers Island, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We had a bonus episode, right, where Dr. Venters said, this is going to be a problem in jails and prisons. Nobody's doing anything about it, but it's going to be a problem. He called it a loom. I think he called it a looming and perilous threat. A looming and perilous threat. What ended up happening? According to Dr. Venters, who you could hear on the Newsbeat podcast, the podcast that won all these awards and got a bunch of rappers in it. <laughs> I might remind you a hip hop oriented news social justice podcast with rappers rapping, rapidly ass rappers too, like rappers that can rap. Dr. Homer Venters in March told us, beware of this. And then what happens? You know, look, there were some jails and prisons that, you know, said, all right, we're going to release some prisoners who um, are extremely vulnerable or people who, you know, we don't really need to lock up anymore. You know, it took a pandemic for them to realize that people who are aging or seniors or um, who aren't a threat to the community could be released. Right. But unfortunately, as we reported in our last episode, cases of coronavirus behind bars spiked over the summer. Right. A lot of the, as we document from uh, one of the um, researchers at the Prison Policy Initiative, a lot of the, uh, the you know, the, the laws that were being passed or the, you know, what they were doing to limit people behind bars in March and April and May yeah. turned in the summer. You know, they right. sort of neglected all that. A lot of these uh, jails and prisons throughout the country. Um, at one point, one week in August, according to the Marshall Project, spikes, uh, it spiked to 8,000 cases inside these facilities. And the New York Times has consistently weekly reported that uh, among the, the, the top so-called clusters of coronavirus in the country, the far majority are jails and prisons. I think out of the top 25, 23, as of last week, were jails and prisons. And these are uh, the clusters of where, you know, the, the, the virus is spreading rapidly. Yeah. And we uh, we told people about it as well. We just brought it in the death sentence uh, episode. Uh, sadly, I, you know, I often say I wish we didn't have to do this podcast. I think we're great at it. Uh, I think, you know, it's an award winning podcast, for God's sakes. But these are all issues we wish we didn't have to. I, I think Silent Night said it's, it's heavy for him. It's heavy for artists, especially when you're a person of color, an artist of color who's going through all of these things and then having to write about them and, and contextualize them and put them into verse form. You could hear it in Silent Night's work. You could hear it in Liquid's work. Shouts to our other contributing artists, by the way. Uh, a plethora of geniuses, in my in my estimation. Uh, shouts to Napoleon, the legend, who's contributed uh, to a couple of episodes. Just a prolific and incredibly prolific, brilliant artist. Shouts to Osiris Anthem, uh, the end of the week world champion. Uh, just a, a brilliant freestyle artist, a brilliant artist. Uh, a brilliant mind, Osiris Anthem, my man, my mellow. Uh, shouts to uh, Rabbi Darkside, who's contributed. Shouts again to Rebel Diaz and Cruise Control from El Salvador. And they all combined on an episode about the origins of MS-13 and how the United States government has kind of made the gang that they want to then make it seem like the boogeyman from El Salvador. <laughs> so we actually brought in a, a Salvadoran artist to make sure that that happened. Uh, so shouts to... Intikana. Uh, oh, Ooh, We have a Puerto Rico episode. I wish we had clips for all these things. You got to go back and listen to the Puerto Rico episode. Intikana did his thing, but the whole episode is so insightful about how the United States has treated Puerto Rico for all these years. Man, listen, one of our best episodes as well. 
Whew, we got so much. Like there's so much. I can't even. We also have KM. KM, one of our OGs, man. KM on the uh, uh, hijacking jihad episode, which is a fantastic look at how language is used uh, to fearmonger. It's incredible episodes. Uh, and another award-winning episode. Uh, Religious News Association gave us an award for that hijacking jihad episode. So just a ridiculous roster of artists. I do, I do connect. I do make it happen. My long time in journalism work in, in independent hip hop has, has put me in touch with so many brilliant people. And I've been screaming it from the rooftops for years. Like, yo, brilliance in hip hop. Like, I don't know what y'all talking about when you say the hip hop is only what you see on the radio. You ain't looking. Like, you're not looking hard enough. I, but I know them. And we're going to bring them in and get them paid and put them on a record. And they're going to uh, make these incredible episodes. So shouts to our entire roster of artists. Shouts to, uh, to y'all again um, for doing this. And um, I just went off on a tangent thanking everybody. I forgot where we we're talking. But the fact that we're putting these issues t- to light, again, sometimes ahead of and sometimes even without mainstream media catching up is just so vital and important. And I, I you know, yeah. Yeah, I think an example is I got infuriated the other day. Not infuriated because it's it's good that these things, these issues are being covered. But yeah. I, I got my weekend edition of the Times things last weekend, and I saw the the story splashy headline, redlining, and how that's contributed to climate change and yep. the horrific effects of that, which is heat, which kills more people than any other weather related event in this country. Right. Nobody talks about it because you you know you see a hurricane coming, you like to send reporters. Into the to the beach so they could get waves <laughs> crashing on them. And right, it's for splashy coverage. But um, you know, we covering this is something that the Times is covering. I guess at that point it was all, late August. Late August. We covered it. You could check, man, if, if you want. But it was March or April, right? April, April twenty seventh. Redlining and climate change. April, a deadly combination. And climate change. So I, I think, as you mentioned, that just speaks um, to you know what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to find these stories that are under the radar. And then eventually they'll rise up and you'll see, you know, some Main Street Alley cover it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you often find that, you know, look, I think the power of hip hop to affect change, to improve humanity and uplift society, which is what this show is all about, is here. It's here in the people that don't get the spotlight. We're not. Look, I don't mind that Revolt TV and and y'all should know this. If you're interested in this topic, you should know this. Revolt TV is having a political uh, summit. And it has a lot of the, you know, important people involved on a celebrity tip, on an upper level tip. And that's important. Some of those messages get out to the masses and, and that's important. Puffy, vote or die. And, you know, uh, uh, Jay-Z and Meek Mill with the Reform Alliance. And these things are important, but just as powerful, just as important are the thousands, not millions that listen to Newsbeat. The thousands, not millions that follow artists like. Tef Poe and uh, Rebel Diaz and what Genesis B is doing to change the state flag in Mississippi. Part of that movement to encourage voting to uh, Genesis B is on tour across the country uh, going to tell evangelicals that you shouldn't necessarily vote the way the rest of y'all voting. Like there's something wrong with that old equation. And she's a hip hop artist and she's performing her work. And she's again, that right there, that grassroots stuff. I'm saying it's just as important because it's happening all over. So collectively, it's just as important as what Le- LeBron James is saying on his Twitter account. Not un- not unimportant, different. Uh, so I value the work we do. And that's why I love our artists because they are artists, activists. They have gone on to do other things. Again, Silent Night is Innocence Project Ambassador because of this podcast, but also because of that's who Silent Night is. Yeah. 
And I, you know, one of the ways that I look at it and, you know, Rochette and I experienced this back in just the print many times we would do a story and crickets for a while. And then all of a sudden the New York times <laughs> Newsday, or some of them, you know, same sources, some right. of them very similar headlines or if not the same headline. And the way you got to look at it is that's great, right? Because the mission is to spark change. The mission is right. to get word out about these issues, to correct the problems, to hold people accountable. The fact that now, you know, the New York Times finally got around to covering redlining, you know, a couple months after us, it's bittersweet, but you know what? It's it's actually a huge positive because in a way, maybe we forced them to. Maybe we've, you know, we maybe, you know, who knows the genesis, but right. I feel that by we doing put it out that, to the universe. Putting it out to universe in a way, sort of injecting this stuff into public discourse, yeah. into the eardrums of listeners. You never know right. what can happen. You never know what it could yeah. inspire. Now, some of our leaders say that uh, injecting stuff into you could help clean you out or something. I think that's actually, I don't know if it's connected or related, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if we want to get into that. That's what I heard. Uh, once again. future episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we've been doing on Newsbeat. I'm really proud of, uh, of our work. I'm really proud to work with you guys. Um, I'm glad you were, uh, you know, we, we had this talk. Thank you to everyone who's been paying attention and listening to us just talk about our work, man. We're so proud of this. We didn't touch upon so much, you know, when we were out in the middle of the climate marches in New York City, the youth-led climate marches. All of these things are making an impact on society. Um, and all of these things that we've covered, we've injected with music, hip hop, and s- content. Like I like to say, like my Many Faces Media production company likes to say, content with soul. Uh, so that's what we do. So I appreciate everyone, first of all, for tuning in, listening, paying attention to us banter for a while. We've got this, we've gone sort of long because we, you know, we just, I don't know, I like to talk about myself. I don't know. 20 minutes. I know. I did say 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> I tell everyone 20 minutes and nothing's gone less than an hour. Uh, this is the live version minutes. of Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast with Manny Faces. We're here Mondays through Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern for the month of September uh, with a special Friday drop on the podcast feed only. So please do subscribe to the podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher. Just search for Hip Hop Can Save America. You'll get these dailies. If you're not watching and paying attention, you'll get them dropped there. But we're also doing a full length, the more traditional sit down, long, full length uh, interview, polished and edited uh, that you've been used to for the past couple of years on Hip Hop Save America. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, uh, Newsbeat. <laughs> what a coincidence. Uh, but also Funkadelic Studios. They operate in, in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, back reopening for musicians to come and do rehearsals and recordings. Safe disinfected. They got the high tech stuff. They're not walking around with wipies. They got the high tech stuff to scan and, and everything with like UV rays and all kind of stuff. So shouts to Funkadelic Studios, uh, our good friends, musicians in New York City. I know y'all listening because I know a lot of y'all. If you're aching to get back to rehearsing recording, go see uh, Funkadelic. And as I mentioned, Many Faces Media, my company that produces this live stream event and the podcast. So if you like what's going on here and you're trying to do some things, uh, talk to the masses, I can help you out. Hit me up. Uh, and again, Newsbeat, man, this is what we do. I want to wrap up just by saying, look, in the last couple of months since COVID, although we've been covering the crisis uh, in a lot of really effective and compelling ways, uh, we haven't necessarily been able to work with our artist friends as much. Uh, we're going to try to start building that back up. Uh, but we have been able to still put out episodes like we talked about related to COVID directly. Uh, and I wanted to call attention to one particular episode, one of our recent episodes uh, that was called uh, hashtag say her name. 
confronting 400 years of state violence against black women. Uh, this was important to do, even though we may not have had an artist, you know, at the ready. We are very cognizant of the communities that we are trying to represent or trying to amplify the stories and narratives of. Uh, again, they may not be us right here on the screen. Uh, they may, they are represented in our artistry. Uh, they are certainly represented in the voices that we pull into these episodes. It had been a recurring theme that we weren't hearing as much about Breonna Taylor, for example, as we were about George Floyd. And some of that was chalked up to social justice sexism. You know, it's been a long-standing issue. I'm tuned into people that talk about this. Y'all are paying attention to people who are talking about these issues. It's super important that we cover this issue. And we recognized it. Uh, we put together some great voices. I have it on the screen now. Uh, some great voices who spoke about this. Uh, Andrea Ritchie, Michelle Jacobs, uh, who really broke down the historical tragedy of this long, long history of state violence against black women. So in the wake of Breonna Taylor, as people like to say, as, as, as a lot of people who weren't into this fight, into this mission, weren't part of these movements, rose up when they saw George Floyd. And as well they should. We said, don't sit back down and stay up for Breonna Taylor. And unfortunately, countless names of women that have been affected by state violence. So I just wanted to play a clip. I wanted to get it in. It's super important. This is how we handled it. Even without an artist, we're still trying to do what we can do. This is from Say Her Name, confronting 400 years of state violence against black women. As I, I'm very proud to tell people, I don't do it to like, I'm very proud to say that when people aren't saying her name, we did. Certainly state-sponsored violence against black women has existed from the moment the first black woman was dragged to these shores. Considered as a foremother of the African-American community, historians believe Angelo boarded a ship in Angola before heading to Vera Cruz and finishing her voyage in Jamestown on the James River. She appears in the colony's census documents in 1624 and 1625. She worked for a wealthy family and lived alongside white servants. The women weren't just stuffed into the boats, but of course they were also used as tools of pleasure for the sailors who were on the boats. So not only were they shackled to other human beings in these insufferable conditions, but they were also brought on board to be raped and to be used as sexual tools for the sailors. So there's never been a time in the entire United States history where Black women have not been violently assaulted both by the state as well as individuals. Again, just informative, heart-wrenching, uh, and necessary to get into this, how, how the history ties into the current day. Again, with the hope, you know, there's a lot of talk. I'm, I'm conscious of all this stuff. There's a lot of talk about certain social justice representatives uh, who talk about sort of these issues a lot and that there's a danger of saying, oh, you're capitalizing, you're, uh, you shouldn't be showing a lot of this stuff. You shouldn't be talking about this stuff. It's, it's traumatic. And I understand that. I think we all understand that. We talk to the people that deal with this a lot, Andrew Richie, Michelle Jacobs on this episode, to make sure that we're talking about it in the right way, these issues. Uh, so it is with uh, extreme caution and extreme reverence that we cover these issues. We spread these messages. And again, Chris, as you said before, I think um, 
as we all say, you know, to try to incite change, try to incite, you know, people doing something about it, not just feeling bad about it, but here are the organizations, here are the legislators, legislation that is being enacted to try and combat these things. That's our work, man. That's what we do. Yeah. When you listen to an episode like that, as Manny mentioned, there's, you go to our website and there's so much more information that sometimes right. that we can pack into these episodes and the need for criminal justice reform. Right. And, you know, when, in a, in a moment like this where we're screaming, you know, for racial justice and equality and to defunding the police and other policies, we just need to underscore just, just how much the prison system has exploded over the last 40 years, 500% since the 1970s. And during that time, from 1970 to 2014, women were the fastest growing population of incarcerated people in this country. It went from 8,000 women in jail in 1970 to almost 110,000 four decades later. So these are the kind of things that we're, you know, we're bringing up in this podcast where there's a reason for all this, right? You know, yep. So, you know, the, the punitive sentences that were enacted during the, the war on drugs, law and order policies, and that's something that we're again seeing with this administration during uh, President Trump's campaign is this idea for law and order, the need to, you know, to, to quash dissent and to be tough on crime. And the reason we keep bringing this stuff up is because history repeats itself, right? We right. Need, want people to be informed and, and understand the, the machinations and what creates what's happening, these frameworks, you know, what's happening in this country. Yeah. And, and, you know, Rashad brings up numbness. Yeah. You know, and here's a time where for months, everyone is stuck inside and, and watching the news or listening to the TV and it can be numbing. It can be many other things. Um, it's important that we, we always remember, and this is another thing that we strive to do here is that these are living human beings behind these numbers, you know, so you hear a number about 2.3 million people incarcerated daily and okay, you know, you hear it again, you hear it 20, 40, 50 other times, but to both your points in this particular episode, uh, say her name. One of the things we did was, was look at the report, you know, that the African American policy forum, you know, created. And what you'll find is a profile you know, of I think 45, 47 women and young girls whose lives were snuffed out. And learning about that, learning about them, you know, there's a point in the episode where Andrea Ritchie is sitting there and she looks up on the wall. It's actually the lead of the, of the story that we wrote on the website as well. You know, she's like, I'm looking up at, at the names of over a hundred black women and girls who have been slain and their range in ages, you know, from five years old to 94. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, to both your points, yeah. I mean, listen to the episode and then, you know, do your best to learn more about these issues. Yeah. Become involved or just tell someone else. We talked about the wrongfully convicted, you know, that there's an estimate that, two to 10% of that 2.3 million people behind bars never committed a crime. Right. I, I mean, the beginning, at the beginning of the Exonerator Broke episode, you know, we asked Alan Newton to try to convey what it was like being locked up in a, in a cage, you know, for 21 years. And 
his voice breaks. Can you try to briefly describe the daily hell and torture it was being incarcerated for a crime that you did not do, let alone a sexual assault rape for over 20 years? Uh, I mean, everybody have their different way of describing um. Damn, that's a good question, man. One day at a time. I need a moment. You know, there's so much emotion and so much torture and so much anguish and pain that right. he can't actually vocalize it. But you don't normally get that from AP news story, let's just say. Right. I mean, right? We, we 100%, you know, you, we mentioned Andrea Ritchie when she's looking up at that, up at that wall. We, you know, uh, Kathy Morris in the prison rape story talking about how she would just lay in her bed and pray for death, you know. Therein lies the truth in the words of the people who are experiencing it and then amplified by the artists, you know, yes. and, and, and that's what we do. So well said, gentlemen, thank you for spending some time doing this with me uh, for everyone tuned in. Silent nights in the check in. Ridiculous. Thanks to summer for everything. Uh, Liquid on the check-in, our artists in residence, Liquid and Silent Night. Uh, again, our artists are the reason why this is so fulfilling and compelling uh, to me personally, but I think just as a product, as a, as a thing. When you say social justice journalism mixed with hip-hop, many things could be envisioned from that statement. I guarantee you, if you're just tuning in or you haven't been paying attention, I guarantee you this is the way it should be done. Here with us today, Rashed Mian, Managing Editor of Newsbeat, Christopher Tawarski, Editor-in-Chief of Newsbeat, once again, off screen, but never far from our hearts, uh, Mr. Jed Mori, uh, the Executive Producer of Newsbeat, all of our artists, which we consider to be as much part of this endeavor as anything, uh, myself, Manny Faces, the producer, host, and artist liaison, and alchemist when it comes to how it sounds, putting it all together on a podcast tip. For anyone that knows me, watching, knows me for a long time, it's the ultimate work of my life. And it's just a pleasure to do it. Uh, it's an honor to do it. Uh, and it's great to do it with you guys because you're pretty cool. Chris, yes. Rashed, sometimes. <laughs> um, so I encourage everyone to, to check out the podcast. Uh, I want We're going to leave with uh, our great snippet from our great award-winning episode from silent night the band called fuse uh our why we riot episode i'm gonna leave leave with that just to show really where we're you know it's sort of the penultimate episode it's it it says everything uh it's everything we want to be it's everything we want to do and it's been highly acclaimed and i'm proud of that uh, unfortunately again that story is not over because we did that story about why we riot about why civil unrest happens particularly in communities of color when Baltimore was happening, when Freddie Gray was happening, after Eric Garner was happening, like it's we did it back then and we could just it, we might as it might as well be, unfortunately, released today. So it's a real foundational thing. Uh, so we're going to leave with that. But is there anything else, gentlemen, that you'd like to get across to the audience? Anyone paying attention, watching or listening on Hip Hop Save America? 
about why hip hop can save America, about why what we do works, about anything you want to, you know, want to throw out there. Something I haven't talked about. Uh, the floor is yours quickly, and then we'll get out of here with a, a snippet from why we riot. I mean, I think we we covered most of it, but like I said before, um, I think that this unique blend, and we we said this two three years ago. I think it remains true today that we are probably the most unique podcast out there among the the. I, I'm losing count. There's a million. Bill Clinton. I think we're probably. Yeah, I challenge podcast. anyone find a more unique podcast. But yeah, so you know, with these artists, what like I said before, these artists are embracing in some way their journalistic side too, and, yes. and as you said, they're, they're um, contextualizing and they're condensing these issues. And it's incredibly powerful. And I think we sort of got around the subject, but we do, you know, we do pay the artists. Uh, the one thing people can do just to help Newsbeat, to help these artists, is obviously leave a rating and review. You've heard that all the time. Every time you listen to a podcast, it yes. helps us get noticed. But also... Subscribe, rate, and review. But also we do, we know times are challenging right now. It's incredibly difficult, but we do have a contribution page. I think it's called support, usnewsbeat.com slash support. So if people can go on there and contribute whatever they can, if they can, um, we really appreciate it. It helps us uh, fund the work that these artists are doing. Yeah, good. I mean, well said. I mean, I would just echo all that. When you support us, you're supporting independent journalism, you're supporting independent music. And uh, we thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can definitely do that. Uh, usnewsb.com slash support. I just showed it on the screen. Uh, please do so. Please go there and, and send love. Again, as, as I've asked you guys, uh, for the Patreon account, which you could also do. Um, I guess in this episode, go to do newsbeat before you do me finds whatever, because as transparent as, as you know me to be, those who know me, that goes directly into paying artists. We need to respect their artistry and respect their talent and we pay them. And, you know, everyone's had cutbacks and such. Uh, if you support this work, we guarantee that it's uh, directly translates into paying for artists to continue doing this work. And if you need to hear it in full, subscribe to the podcast, go wherever you subscribe to podcasts, Newsbeat, two words, Black Fist, Red Background, Newsbeat, a social justice podcast. Uh, and we'll be doing this and, you know, for God willing, as long as we can to keep bringing these issues to light. Uh, gentlemen, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your work. I thank you for your brotherhood. Uh, it's been a while since we were out in the field covering these stories, running through the city with equipment, doing uh, interviews. You guys have absolutely done a, a, a fantastic job, a testament to how podcasting in the time of coronavirus uh, should be done, could be done, uh, will be done. Uh, and I, uh, I I point to us often, even though it's, again, it's a little self-centered. I'm really proud of us. But if it wasn't us, I'd still be pointing us. You do a good job. I just want to quote uh, James Baldwin. Um, yes. Who came up in yesterday's episode? This was crazy. He said um, something along the lines of the artist's role is to disrupt the peace. So thank you all for helping us disrupt the peace and um, and the artists uh, that we uh, that we feature on the episodes disrupt the peace and um, much love. Thank you, guys. Uh, once again, usnewsbeat.com for all of our episodes, all of our information, all of the full stories that go with everything, all the artist bios, all the bios of the voices, all the things you can find at usnewsbeat.com. And again, once again, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, I want to take it out. I hope you're still listening to us to listen to the award-winning snippet from the award-winning episode called Why We Riot featuring Dr. Cornell West, featuring Rosa Clemente, featuring Larry Ham, featuring... Elizabeth Nix, uh, who, who's not in this clip, but is in the episode, wanted to give love, uh, who breaks down a little bit of why 
everything goes to hell in times of civil unrest and and chaos in, in the streets that it is, I don't want to say warranted, but we understand. So a clip from Why We Riot featuring Silent Night, our artist in residence, and the band that he's the frontman of, the incredible fusion band, the band called Fuse. And then I'll take it out with some last minute housekeeping and we'll be out of here. I have some very sad news for all of you. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis. So you just don't know when that's going to happen, but this is true all around the world. you got various riots in terms of rebellions against forms of oppression. And uh, it's hard to know what the catalyst is. The deeper causes usually are cumulative. They're structural, they're institutional, they're economic, they're political, they're cultural, vicious stereotypes against peoples and so on. Uh, you know, Jewish resistance in Poland. Well, of course, that was, backs are being pushed against the wall. Palestinians in Gaza against Israeli occupation. Backs are being pushed against the wall. Each one of these, you have distinctive conditions and, and, and circumstances. But there's one button that's pushed. Shh. Can't take it no more. That history starts the moment there was a European who took an African and that African fought back. Our level of civil disobedience is nothing compared to what we used to do almost hundreds of years ago. Whether it was on the continent fighting back, on the slave ship, through the Middle Passage, through women throwing themselves off balconies and or committing fratricide so their children wouldn't have to face the horrors of being kidnapped, being enslaved, like the civil disobedience, the little bit that we see now. It's an expression of people being fed up at one point, but it doesn't encapsulate the entire history of black people resisting not oppression, but the system of white supremacy and capitalism and patriarchy. I mean, we're always gonna have civil disobedience. People are gonna get tired and they're gonna rise up. They're gonna rebel. That's United States history, period. But the level of what we see in the streets right now is nothing compared to what we see in the past in the streets in America when it comes to how particularly African-American people fight back. We begin this week with so much emotion and unrest all across the country after those devastating shootings. You see some rallies like this one in Minnesota did turn violent over the weekend. Dozens of officers injured. This healing is going to be hard. And we have so many striking images to show you. This encounter between a young woman and officers in right gear in Baton Rouge. And last night, people asking for peace in Los Angeles. Protesters joining hands, making a statement as the country mourns the loss of those lives in Louisiana and Minnesota. And of course, those five officers in Texas. Say her name. Say his name. Say their name. Say our name. Why? They say my name wrong in their roll call They think I should be happy to say it at all They say I'm only trouble with my road dogs Most of the time they only say it behind closed doors They go to neighborhood I can't afford The same me, my two sisters and my dad was born Replaced the family store with a fancy mall Now it's 554 can of corn Got pulled over again Third time this month, it's like a trend Gave me the third degree before they fled. Then try to have banter with my white friend. 
I take the train and get stopped and frisked Try to vote and make change, but I got suppressed I pay my aunt's tickets cause she been missing his And I find out the city been targeting since the first offense Another day, another raid now Then the women get knocked, that's okay now Feel like any minute I'ma break Then the news say a bullet struck a child on the playground There you have it once again The mighty SK, Silent Night Band called Fuse Lee Hogan's on horns K. Desiree And Soul Clock on vocals My good friends, the band called Fuse Silent Night, uh, our artist in residence Innocence Project Artist Ambassador And uh, Cool Cat so featured on that episode, once again, the Newsbeat podcast, we are uh, three-fourths of the team that puts it together, but all of our artists are part of the family, and we thank them for their artistry. Gentlemen, again, I thank you for your time and for explaining what we do, why we do it, how we do it, and uh, why we're the best podcast in the world, really. I mean, and I appreciate y'all. Y'all can stay in the background and watch me finish up the show. Thank you, everyone who's tuned in and turned up with us uh, once again live. Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast, Monday through Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Sharp this month, the month of September. Then I'll figure out if I'm ever do this nonsense again. Uh, but for now, join in wherever you're watching me now, YouTube, Facebook. I'll be here tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern. We got the rest of the month is book solid. If you like this, you'll like what we're going to do for the rest of the month. Trust me when I tell you. Go back and check out some of our other, other episodes. You could binge and just stay hip-hop can save america for the rest of your life after this uh thank you again to silent night liquid all of the artists that have contributed to the newsbeat podcast uh once again you can subscribe to that wherever you subscribe to podcasts newsbeat two words uh red background black fist microphone in the air a social justice podcast that merges hip-hop and social justice journalism we like to say it's as if democracy now and black thought had a podcast, baby. Special thanks once again to our guests, Christopher Tawarski, editor-in-chief, uh, and Rashid Mian, managing editor, but more importantly, my friends and my co-workers and my colleagues forever, uh, no matter, BFFs. Uh, so thank them for uh, coming through uh, by subscribing to Newsbeat, supporting if you'd like to at usnewsbeat.com slash support. And once again, after you've done that and you've given some money, uh, if you do feel so inclined to support this work, all this fanciness takes, you know, a few a few shekels here. Patreon.com slash Manny Faces, if you're so inclined. If not, you can share this, tell people about it. Hip Hop Can Save America, where we highlight and spotlight the ways that hip hop is being used in innovative, inspiring, and often surprising ways. Once again, this is a podcast, Newsbeat, that beat out the New York Times for best journalism podcast. It's not a fluke, y'all. It's the best journalism podcast. And it got rappers in it. And it's all full of hip hop. It's the best podcast in the world. I do. This is the second best. I'm going to say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. My own podcast is second to my other own podcast. Uh, my name is Manny Faces. I'll be with you tomorrow at one. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you. Tune into the live stream. Join us in the chat. Once again, shout out to everyone who's tuned in. Oh, God. I got to go through the list. Summer, you're incredible. Silent night. Uh, shouts to Jamie Frankie on the check-in. Uh, shouts to Sage on the check-in. Uh, Mori Creative Studios. Folks, again, shouts to Jed Mori uh, for making this all happen. Shouts to Pablo. Shouts to Rachel. Shouts to uh, Toph in the Bush. Shouts to you. Thanks for watching, y'all. Thanks for listening and tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Hip-hop can save America. And if you didn't know, now you know. Peace. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. 
My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com. Filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip-Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.